there's so much business out there that I'm not, I don't believe there's any competition or competitors really, because it's so just far. all about, you know, giving, well, no, no, I'm just saying in general of like, oh. I wouldn't even mind if someone else created another, you know, digital marketing agency focusing on surgeons, you know, so be it. There's so much business to go around and there's all, it's all about trust and credibility that, you know, it's just finding out those relationships that there's so much to go around that who cares. Yeah. Plus, but anyway, plus so first to market, I didn't find. So then you can just buy them out later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that works too. Hey, that's that's like that's like a strategy as You're well. Like, yeah, build up your businesses, and then we'll take you over. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey there, welcome to the Gluten-Free Organic Thoughts Podcast, where you are encouraged to express your natural thoughts and views through casual, meaningful conversations that hopefully can lead to learning and understanding new perspectives. To find out more info, visit www.gfothoughts.com. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Wong and Robert Din. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another great episode of Gluten-Free Organic Dot Podcast. My name is Michael, and always with me, Robert Dan. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. Today, we have Jeremy Katz on with us. He's a, he's an a online marketer, and he's going to give us the scoop on, on a, how to get our SEOs up and, and uh, get <laughs> well, more viewers. <laughs> so Jeremy and I go way back. You know, uh, We met through one of my mutual friends. Uh, actually, well, he's married to her. <laughs> so, and, um, and I think, Jeremy, how long have we known each other for now? What, six years? Uh, yeah, it's about six years now since I moved uh, here in South Florida. That's time flying. It's been man. fun. We've had a lot of fun adventures together. <laughs> that's, for, that's for sure. So Jeremy and... Um, I uh, pretty much is married to my friend Nally, and uh, and I think you you said you've been in Florida for six years now, right? Wow, that's crazy! Six, six years. years. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I started out in Miami, and yeah. uh, you know I couldn't I couldn't deal with it. They call that pretty much North Cuba, and uh, I didn't speak <laughs> Spanish at the time, and the traffic was just too bad, so I decided to just move north and settled here in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I love it here, and I'm a uh, kind of a snowbird though, like I. Love it here in the wintertime, but in the summertime, I like to kind of go and travel, get out and go, you know, to Europe and Minnesota, where I'm from, and just to get out of the heat. Yeah, wait, the heat is wait, too much in Florida. You're from, you're from Minnesota. What happened to the accent? Yeah, Minnesota. I, I still, you, you betcha, don't you know? Still, uh, there we go. There we go. It comes out, right? It comes out when you're drunk too, probably. Oh, especially when I'm drinking. Absolutely. Yeah, you, the boat, and you you know that I, uh, my O's are, you know, oh, don't you know? Uh, all right, so, Jeremy, give us a little background for oh, those. Oh, before we start, before we start, oh, before we start what are we drink. drinking? That's what are true, we drinking, drinks. guys? Good catch. <laughs> All right, Jeremy, what are you drinking? So, I, I got to be healthy, so I just got back done with a uh, a golf trip in Orlando. And these are kind of my, like, crazy party friends. And they made me do shotguns for, like, three days in a row, shotgun, oh, shotgunning cool. beers. Like, anytime anyone got birdies, you had to do a shotgun just to even the playing field. So, so it was a lot I, of birdies? Uh, uh, I had did more shotguns than I wanted to <laughs> shotguns since like college or, you know, right after, but, uh, so I got to drink healthy. I'm going with a kombucha watermelon flavor. So right. you're cleansing your but, system. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, I couldn't really do an alcoholic bevy again, you know, had a, <laughs> Well, speaking of healthy, I am drinking uh, honey, 
hot what's called matcha uh tea latte with oat milk so honey matcha tea latte yeah i i i, I also add a little bit that of that sounds bougie i it, know it's not it's not bougie I it's add a tea bit. and then you add you add milk in to make it a latte yeah so i add oat milk to it to make a latte and add, add a ginger powder to make it healthier so that is fancy that is fancy it is not fancy yeah but, but hey starbucks will sell this for six dollars so you know i mean they might sell it for they <laughs> might sell, they might sell it for eight i don't know uh so yeah. talking about being healthy i am drinking some rosé as there usual. we go That's there you go rosé all rose. day yeah <laughs> that did that say it's from 2012 too yeah 2012 transburg that's awesome though. dang yeah. that's fancy it's like yeah. 10 years old almost Ooh. <laughs> that's true that's true wait so, is, is that is that bottle plus or minus 50 dollars i do not know how much this bottle costs <laughs> it came in it came in my friends uh my friend's wine uh he has a wine membership and he has it nice. sent here so then I take a bottle for for storage fee. Uh, right, there we go. So oh, you just you just took the fanciest one. <laughs> He's got other ones that are fancy too. It's, it's Fancier, the, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. All right, so Jeremy, <laughs> uh, thanks for hopping up with us, and I uh, guess you know, and obviously you and I know each other very well. But you know, for those who don't know, you give a little bit of some background yourself. How did you even get into digital marketing, and how did you even get into the industry that you're at today? So, yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, I'm from Minnesota. I mentioned that. And then I wanted to be in the warm weather. And so I tried to get into some of the California schools. They were a little bit expensive at the time. I, you know, my grades kind of sucked back in, in high school. And, you know, I'm always more into uh, girls and partying and fun. And, and um, so I went to school at a Minnesota State College in, uh, for two years. And then mm -hmm. I transferred out. I got into business school at ASU. So I'm not that great of a school, but my, uh, I really kind of focused on marketing. I really had a passion for marketing. We had a, a teacher there and, and I took a lot of business classes. I didn't, didn't really find anything that I felt was, uh, I was passionate about. And, um, and then I took a marketing class and they gave us some real world uh, examples and it really kind of touched me. And, and um, I really liked the philosophy or the psychology behind marketing and being able to basically sell to a mass amount of people instead of just person to person. And so that's what I kind of felt marketing was. And, um, but through college, even I graduated college in 2010 and I, you know, realized digital marketing is the wave of the future. And I, they didn't really teach us anything about that. And at any of the classes, really, I mean, back then it was all traditional marketing, how to put together a PowerPoint and signage and just, you know, marketing plans, but very little was it relating to actual online marketing, pay-per-click, SEO, website design, anything like that. And so I wanted to teach myself that. And so I started a, a business. Uh, my first business was Healthy Food Deliveries, where I, that was the name of the company. I built that with my uh, crazy ex-girlfriend and she, uh, <laughs> I, I, part, I partnered with the, uh, the six local healthy restaurants and um like by fs or um, wait ASU. Is, it, is it domain called a healthy food delivery.com something like that it, it was yes <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait that, that's, I, that's actually a nice domain to have though do you still have it no i sold it I, oh, well, yeah. I didn't sell it i got rid of it back in the day i just like didn't want anything to do with it with 
with her anymore. If oh, crazy. I see what happened. Okay, sense. gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so how long did that last? It? Just wondering. So that lasted for about a year or so, but that was like my kind of like a side gig at the time. And um, so right after I graduated college, I got into a few sales gigs and uh, I worked at Dish Network selling, uh, you know, satellite TV. And it was great because I, I learned just like the hustle, man. You heard of the hustle. Yeah, the Home, hustle. So, the and hustle. then I, yeah, I was promoted. I did uh, phone sales and I did door to door sales and, and I worked at Blockbuster, which is kind of fun. Where I was selling Wait, Blockbuster, I, like, like, well, yeah, because Dish Network, uh, like, owned Blockbuster at the time, I and know that. I like so, that. so my job was I was actually working inside of the Blockbusters, watching TV on their couches, getting people to sign up for their <laughs> Dish Network. <laughs> what a and sweet I was, gig! And I was making the traffic I was making in like, myself. <laughs> two thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars a week or so like that and all these people you know working at blockbuster for like 15 20 years the managers doing all the work and they're seeing me like sitting on the on the tv <laughs> uh watching tv while they're doing all the work and paid a lot more than them anyway so i, I worked there for a while and then uh, obviously blockbuster kind of disappeared and uh dish network you know i, I kind of got sick of uh all the people i had to deal with and i wanted to get back into marketing and so I had a friend of a friend, actually, he worked at um, at Google, and I realized, I was like, wow, like, I ran some Google ads myself. This was about, you know, 14 years ago when I first set up my um, my first Google ads account, yeah. and um, so I had a friend of a friend that I knew he worked at, at Google in the satellite office, uh, which is the second biggest office outside of the California office, um, In it was in Tempe. Now they have offices in Tempe and Scottsdale as well. Yep. And, um, so he, like, we went drinking a few times and like, I, I, you know, kept talking to him and picking his brain. I was like, Hey, can you get me an interview? Can you get me an interview? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And like, eventually like he, they, they had a, they were hiring and they gave him a $500 gift cards or bonus for every Referrals. employee that he referred. Yeah. And so I, uh, I got the interview, I got the job, and I actually, in my training class, there were 60 people in my training class uh, at Google, and I was actually the second highest score that in the class. So they transferred me, instead of working directly with B2C, with business to consumer, I, they put me directly in the agency support. That's so awesome. my whole role was supporting 25, they gave me 25 agencies right away, right when I graduated from the Academy of, of Google. And so I was supporting different advertising agencies setting up all of their clients accounts so i was managing about wow. 250 to 275 right away, B2B google ads right accounts that's, that's crazy awesome. b2b yeah. oh man i was so like some of my first accounts were like um so i had two verticals that i was really focused on that I had a lot of my clients um they were the music industry and then they were the um plastic surgeons and dentists and um and so the reason why those two, so I worked with like EDC um, was, you know, running those ads back about seven, eight years ago or so. Um, yeah. And then, so right, right then and there, that helped me get a few other clients as well. So I worked with like, this is before they got famous, but like Paul Wall, J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar, I was selling out <laughs> their shows for several months and and that so this was like 2014, 2013, 2014, though. 
Are you probably right? Yeah, it's a, about that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So wow, that's cool. So this is before they kind of you know were selling out shows. I was like, I was you know running their Google ads and and so that was kind of cool. But then and then I I owned uh, I started a website and I realized I was like, oh man, this would be cool. I could get in to the music industry and work with a lot of of like you know producers and and bands and stuff like yep. that because I have a, a passion for music. But um, so I have my website, I bought this domain musicmarketingservices.com and I was going to, you know, promote myself to focus on um, like artists. And then I realized the demographic that you're dealing with of, you know, people that like they're just, just rooted and just, and (laughs) just like, I don't know. Okay, so I have a crazy example of, so one of my friends and, you know, they're not, all producers aren't aren't douchebags, you know, but this is just an extreme example. So, so one of my friends was a, um, his job back in, uh, he worked for Insomniac. And so he Ooh, wow. bought, or he, and so he, he, his sole role was basically the uh, concierge to these producers and these DJs coming in, flying into um, San Diego. And he would basically pick them up from the airport drive them to the venue, you know, get everything they need. And so he picked up Dead Mouse uh, from the airport and he's, he's telling me about this story. You know, this was like right when I was kind of getting into it. He's like, dude, you don't want to deal with these, you know, artists like they're, they're douches. Like I just picked up Dead Mouse the other day. I, you know, I had my, uh, a new Tahoe and I just got like a month or two ago. And, you know, I, I'm picking up other artists too. So it's not just him. And I pick up Dead Mouth and he starts smoking in the back of my car. And he's like, you know, just, hey, you know, I just got this car and I just want to be respectful to all the other people I pick up. Can you please just wait? We're going to be at the venue in like 10 minutes. And he's like, he didn't, didn't say anything. And, you know, he, he was trying to be friendly and everything. And he was just kind of being a dick. And then like he asked again another like minute or two later and he, he, he can't even make this up. He put his cigarette butt out on the back of his car. No. And, and I'm like, wow, like that is shady. Like, you, like, and at that point, it's like, what do you do? Like, this is the DJ that you, you brought out here. And he's I just know. trying to kind of be the middleman. I, so. I, I, dropped, I, I dropped him on the middle of the street. That's how we do. <laughs> really? Right? I don't know. I don't know. What, what's he going to do about it? What is he going to do about it? He's got to walk. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're also fired at that point, too. Sure, so, whatever. Yeah. I mean, but, <laughs> so, do you want a job or do you <laughs> just like suck it up? I don't know. That's true. That sucks though. <laughs> so, that's where I was like, kind of realized, I was like, do I want to work with a lot of you? Because I had another, you know, client that, you know, he was just never like, he was, it was always a pain to collect with. And it just, you know, it, it was tough. And so, what I, I, the other vertical I was working with was a lot of like surgeons. And so, mm-hmm. Um, and so with that, you know, I, I love working with surgeons because it's all cash based. You know, if if they're gonna get a like a perform a breast augmentation or liposuction or anything like that, you know, they're accepting cash. It's not insurance based, and so they're charging at minimum seven to fifteen, uh, up to twenty grand for a procedure, straight up cash. And so if I can get you know just one or two or three of these procedures every month the client is happy spending, you know, three, five grand a month in ad spend. Yeah. And, and, and everyone, so I everyone, bought, wins, everyone wins too also too. So which is nice. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the thing is too, it's like, 
So with that industry, I'm for the last like seven years consistently getting about seven to 10 X ROI on ad spend. And so it's a lot easier to justify success right away. You know, especially SEO kind of takes some time. Whereas pay-per-click, I can, you know, build a website right away and get it, start getting in leads immediately within like the first, you know, day essentially. And um, so that's what's nice with PPC is because everything what I do, Google ads, pay-per-click, um, everything I do is it's not contract-based. My whole philosophy is my, my clients aren't making money advertising with me. I don't expect them to continue advertising. So kind of skipped ahead there, but um so I worked at Google for about a year and a half and I realized I was like, you know what? I'm doing all the work for all these agencies and you know, they're, they're getting all the money for it. And yeah, you're, not getting like, anything. you're just, yeah. you're just, just, just doing the grunt work. So. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, they gave us all the perks at Google, you know, you had all like the games, the foosball, the ping pong, the, mm-hmm. you know, like the cool the movie theaters yeah. and the, all the benefits and everything, but it was still a call center and I was still, spending 90% of my day on the phone talking to agencies, you know, and, and, um, you know, I just want, I realized it was like, you know, I wanted to build something. I've always been an entrepreneur myself and I started a few other businesses that, you know, didn't go well. I've had the healthy food deliveries and I had the uh, Bahamas Unleashed business, which um, right after I was working at Dish, I, I lived in the Bahamas. I decided to start a uh, excursion business in the Bahamas. Man, that's tough. Uh, getting, <laughs> and I never went there. Didn't know a single person. Never been there in my entire life. I convinced my <laughs> best buddy to move move down there. And we were like, you know what? So I built a website, Bahamas Unleashed. And I was like, my whole first goal is, let me buy two jet skis and rent them out for yeah. like the people coming off the cruise ship. But I'm like, okay, what if someone just like. You know, yeah. wrecks my jet ski or gets eaten by a shark it's, or something like that's a lot of liability yeah. yeah yeah exactly so i was like you know what scratch that i'm gonna <laughs> just be a middleman do like all so i did that so i worked with like like a middleman for a lot of the um like horseback riding on the beach jet ski rental wedding things like that and i got finally started getting in contact with atlantis yeah. um in uh paradise um Paradise Island, um, and uh, and then we had like some issues. So my friend didn't have like bring a single dollar with them too, and so it was like I was supporting two of us with like Jesus. kind of like wow. And so <laughs> and it it was a ghetto like area too. I mean like because we we didn't have a car, so we wanted to be as close to the uh, the beach as possible. But you know, so you did, I mean, if you've been to the Bahamas, yeah. it was uh, there was some sketchy points where I was like, okay, I, I kind of missed the States, you know, this is fun while it lasted, but yeah. so how that was, uh, how long did that last journey? How, but how long did you, that been? was about six, six, well, yeah, about two, two months only. Well, I was going to like, oh, we had the business for about probably four or five months, but like I had a, like, I went back for a, like a funeral of one of my friends. And then like, I had an issue where like, it got, they they basically stranded us in the airport and made me miss like the funeral. It was like, I had like a bad taste in my mouth, like coming back. So I was like, all right, I'm done with this. Yeah, um, I mean, and that was like, right when I was kind of getting my connections with Atlantis. But I mean, times have changed or like things <laughs> would have been a lot different and I'm glad I kind of worked out how it did. But um, so yeah, so, I, uh, I served my own agency about 
seven years ago now, right before I moved to Florida. And um, I had a few casinos when I, so I worked with all of the Arizona uh, main casinos, so like Viquiva, Wild Horse Pass, and Lone Butte. And then I had a few property management companies and um, right coming directly from Google. And I, and with, this is what I always tell my entrepreneur friends is, you know, you don't necessarily have to fully switch from a corporate job to solely, you know, on your own. And what I always tell people is, you know, have your side business, spend time on, on the side doing that when you're making at least you know, 40 or 50% of what your revenue of you're making, or even 30% of your revenue or 40 salary, yeah. that you're making on your, on your corporate job yeah. and yeah. switch over. That's what my wife did too. She was working at DHL as a director and now she owns um, uh, her authentic, which is like a high-end um, resale of handbags. It's killing and it now too. she's killing it with that. Yeah, it's killing it. And uh, I'm happy year, for her because three like, years now, three years almost. Yeah, about about three years now. Yeah. So that she fully made that that switch to full time. Yeah. But you know, you don't have to make that jump. I know it can kind of get scary to just fully quit your corporate job, and especially if you have kids or family or yeah. you know bills that you have to pay. It's just, it just can be scary. But um, so when I and to get into SEO, um, so I worked at Google um, for about a year and a half before I started my own agency, and then I had about you know six clients at the time when I started, when I like started my own agency, when I quit and, but it was still, you know, it wasn't not nearly as much as I was making at Google, but it was more for like, you know, let me build this. I believe in me, let me invest in me and like, mm-hmm. yep. you know, and put my time into this. And so I wanted to get knowledgeable and experienced with SEO because I knew pay-per-click and Google ads like the back of my hand, you know, managing 300 different clients. And so I was in Miami and I'm like, you know, let me find the people that know what they're doing. And so I typed in, you know, best SEO agency into Google or SEO company. And I was like, if you can rank in Miami for SEO agency or like, you know, some of these (laughs) top phrases, Mm -hmm. like, you know what you're doing, you know, especially it's the most competitive industry. It's like, if you can rank above other SEO agencies, you know what you're doing. And so I kept seeing this, these two companies show up for all of these different phrases. And it's like, hmm, these guys must know what they're doing. So one of them was the Miami SEO company. The other one was No Risk SEO. And so my value proposition was, hey, you know, I came directly from Google and I, my expertise is pay-per-click. I don't know if you have a pay-per-click manager, but I'd be happy to, you know, manage some of your clients or all of your clients on the pay-per-click side in exchange for, you know, we can split the management fee directly. And then on top of that, I have other pay-per-click clients that are looking for SEO services. I see your ranking at the yeah. top of the page, you know, then you can give me a kickback on, on that end. And so it worked out well. Um, actually, the funny thing is, so those two companies that I kept seeing at the top of the page, I called them both. It was the same person that answered twice. I was like, wow, uh, like, dude, they're, they're ranking two different sites at the top of Google for all these different phrases. So they like, dominating and purposely target different demographic, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I've, so I, just, I didn't realize. I was like, wow, like this, this is pretty impressive. Like, and so 
at the time, I, you know, I didn't really ask if they're hiring or anything. I just wanted to like just meet with them in person. So I was down in South Miami and their office was located in Coral Springs, which is even crazier because they were ranking two different websites, you know, basically 70, 80 miles away. Yep. And not, they weren't even in Miami. And so when I got, when I drove up there and I drove, it was probably like a, you know, hour and 15 minute drive. Cause I drove, like, I left right at like nine in the morning or eight in the morning or something like that. So I hit traffic and I'm like, Oh man, this is, this is far. And I was expecting some big like Zimmerman, you know, like uh, yeah, type company. of marketing agency with like thousands <laughs> of employees. Couple floors. I walk right? in. And, no, and, and the funny thing is, I was like, am I lost? Is this the right place? It was like a strip mall type of a, like a spot where it's like, like a, hundreds of different little office space. And it was just like a little suite. And I walked in and there's six employees there. Six. Or <laughs> maybe five even at the time. And I was like, holy crap. And so... <laughs> So they're like, yeah, you know, we run pay-per-click, but our expertise is SEO. You know, this is Jason and Sergio. And they had a, another uh, owner um, who was more of the sales guy. And um, and so they actually offered me a job. So I was the uh, director of, of pay-per-click. And at first I was like, you know what? I don't want to work for corporate again, but this is at least an opportunity where I can learn SEO too. Right. It was a long drive. I, I ended up driving literally like an hour, over an hour there and back, you know, five days a week. For how long? For, for over almost two years, about, wow. about a year and a half, two years. And, um, and so I still talk with, uh, I'm still like, you know, very close friends and actually a business partner with um, one of the other owners still, um, Jason Hawkins, as well as Sergio Icardi. He's um He's kind of went on his own um, running a mobility scooter e-com site that's killing it. They're making like a lot. Um, and they're ranking at least number one or number two or get, like, on a national level for anything like mobility scooter related. That's, so they're like, wow. he, he's like, he's like, I didn't want to deal with any, you know, like um, with SEO as much anymore, like clients and the agency life. So he's like, let me just, you know, build an e-commerce site. And so uh, they started with that, but um, yeah, now, you know, I'm about seven years in running uh, advertising for surgeons. I have 25 clients of uh, plastic surgeons and dentists across the country, as well as I have several other, you know, like a transportation company. Uh, I have um, a very large energy client that I just closed about two months ago that they're on the fortune 500 list. And then, a, um, I've worked with, let's see my account, um, like some pergola companies, uh, exotic car transportation. So they do <laughs> Lamborghinis. That that's wow. a crazy business. If you're look, if you're looking for a business, so this guy he literally has the smallest budget out of any of my clients. He's a fifteen hundred dollar <laughs> ad ad budget. The fanciest cars, but it's <laughs> Dude, he doesn't need it though. He's booked up like crazy. Oh, he's booked he, up. He he has five cars, so five Lamborghinis that he rents out. Um, ecstasyexotics.com is his website, but yeah. it's a plug for him. But um, anyway, so he <laughs> he he rents out these these Lambos for like a weekend for people that come in, to, you know, fly into Miami. They're trying to ball out and impress you know, their friends and their girls and, yeah, of and uh, rent a Lambo for like a thousand or 1200 bucks a day. And he's killing it because the cost per clicks are like 40 cents. And like, 
his oh, cost per conversion not, not right now. Not even one click, not even one conversion. <laughs> no, no, his cost per conversion is only $7. So he's getting what? a legit phone phone call or form submission for $7. It's wow. one of my lowest I've, I've ever ran right now. And um, yeah, I work with a lot of different other clients as well, too. Um, I have four employees myself and um, pay-per-click is my expertise, but I still know and I'm knowledgeable enough with SEO. I have a team of um, content writers. They're all remote, obviously, you know, they don't need to be um, in-house, but then I have a full-time graphic designer, full-time web developer. So, so let me ask a, you this though, is, is the social media content stuff part of that, do you not handle that or do you outsource that? Or do you have another, do you have so, you partner, you partner with somebody else to do that for you? Yeah, so I, I actually, I have a two employees. So I have my graphic designer that helps um, and creates social media on behalf of my clients mm-hmm. and, uh, and post that, as well as I have um, Josh, who he is on my team. He's my Facebook ads and Instagram ads uh, manager because like, I used to manage everything myself. And one thing I wanted to focus on this last year has just been oh, last, ever since before COVID. So basically the last two years and, and um, is delegation is basically how can I spend my time more wisely where I'm not focusing my time on mundane tasks where I can uh, easily just, you know, have, have someone else do it where I know it can be done well. And, um, and so hiring the right people is the most important, you know, is, you know, you want to incentivize them enough to really, you know, sure. work hard, but have a, a loyalty for your business and for your clients. You want to make sure that, you know, clients are getting the best results. And it got to a point where it's like, you know, if they're paying me thousands of dollars a month, I want to make sure I give them enough time that they deserve as well as I want to mm-hmm. focus on new client acquisition uh, and basically just the 30 you know, mile overview of just my you know running an agency and just you know really trying to focus on the partnerships and being able to go networking and and meeting with other business owners rather than spending before i was spending 90 percent of my time just running google ads and i still love it i still am in accounts probably for at least three or four hours a day but it's nice having a right hand lady that she has before i hired her so I've, i've been working with her for over two years now and um so before I hired her, she was working at another agency for like an Australian-based agency for seven or eight years. So she's had seven or eight years of agency experience. experience and now, so that was awesome. So I'm like, all right, let me basically double your salary of what, you know, they were paying you. And, and, um, (laughs) (laughs) well, I mean, the funny thing is he actually sold his agency and like, I, Uh, uh, I'm, and so I was like, okay, you know, that, worked out, that worked out nicely though. For jump you. on that. Yeah. It did and hurt as well so, too. So when you go and you try and you're going out and getting new clients, do you use uh, your same ad techniques to get new clients or do you go and, and cold call or like uh, do more networking? That's funny. That's funny that you mentioned that too. So as you can imagine, I mean, you know, they always say like the, uh, the bladesmith uses a wooden knife for like, you know, like the, <laughs> there's always like, the, uh, like some, some different analogies for that where it's like, like, you know, dentists never go to the dentist and stuff like that. But so obviously, you know, I've advertised, I've advertised on, on many different, um, you know, advertising mediums and channels. And 
digital marketing, you have to imagine that it's very, very competitive, that you have a lot of other agencies that are going after SEO agency or, you know, trying to rank for, you know, certain phrases, things like that. Um, that's why I've, I really realized that niching down and focusing on specific industries is much, much better. And uh, I think it establishes credibility. Like, for example, like if we get on a phone with a plastic surgeon, you know, we're confident that we can close them eight or nine times out of 10, just because that's all we work with and having our um, referrals and case studies and, and video testimonials, like, you know, they know we don't work with just anyone like plumbers or, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I separated. I have the advertising for surgeons business and I have like the, the master AdWords side too, to focus on other types of clients as well. Um, but yeah, so I've tried it. Um, the best and most effective strategy that I've learned for client acquisition is, um, well, it's obviously referrals, but this is the one strategy that I, I think has helped me really gain, I would say about half of my clients is finding those partnerships with the actual other agencies. Okay, so for like how I mentioned that, how I got the job um, as a director of pay-per-click with those SEO agencies. So similarly, I been to a several different networking events and and different like um expos like plastic surgery the meeting for example was which is like the largest uh, plastic surgery gathering and you know back about four or five years ago you know i was, didn't have the funds to afford a five thousand dollar booth and so i realized it's okay let me go and personally introduce myself to all my essentially my competitors so I went and found all my all the digital marketing agencies that focused on surgeons, and I kind of gave them the same value proposition of, hey, you know, like I just focus on pay per click. You know, do you need any help or assistance with that? And then in exchange, also, you know, I can send you you know business on the the SEO side and the web design side. And so they appreciate that. It's like a, it's like a win situation so, in a sense. In a, mm-hmm. what, it kind of exactly. works out Yeah. And so now I actually have like three different um, agencies that basically white label my services and still I charge them about the same as what I charge a normal client, but I don't even have to do any sales. They're just bringing me new clients because they trust that I'm going to take care of them, that um, my results are going to supplement their SEO services or social media services. And so, you know, I've ran... Google ads and we rent, we're starting to actually rank for um, surgeon advertising related keywords were number one for um, on, I think in the national level um, as well as, you know, so cause Jason, he's my, so he's just started helping me. Uh, we just partnered up 50, 50 uh, about seven or eight months ago. And he is the brains he's the most knowledgeable SEO guy I've met. And so we um, he's starting to rank our site a lot better than because before you know I was I wasn't really producing much content but he is a content writer he loves it you know and he's really good at it I I'm pretty good at it but the thing is it's like I'm not efficient at it you know like it'll take me three hours to write a 2,000 word article because I'm very like kind of a perfectionist when you know, I make sure everything you know sounds good where it's like he can just write and just it doesn't have to, you know, you can write in like 20 or 30 minutes and it wow. looks and it sounds amazing. And so, 
you know, that's the thing is really SEO got to be, instead of quantity and, you know, the, the amount of links that you have or the amount of words that you have in these articles, now it's all about unique and very compelling content and, and um, you know, making sure that you, you want to provide content that's shareable. You know, you got to look at in Google's mindset. You know, they're putting websites on the top of the page because they want people to engage with that content. Yeah, of course. And, yeah. And so are they just going to put generic 500 word, you know, like keyword heavy, SEO heavy content, like yeah. articles or, or blogs on the, on the top of the page, you know, that just doesn't provide value. No, you know, they want to really take people that, you know, they for sure know that they're an expert in that specific industry. And so that's why it's a snowball effect. Yeah. Once you have good quality content and, you know, hundreds of, of pages on your site, Google's like realizes that you're more of an authority in the space. And so they're willing to rank you higher. And so it's, it's a lot easier to get momentum and get better rankings. Once your website has, you know, many, many backlinks to high authority websites and a lot of relevant content talking about certain uh, topics, you know, relating to that blog. And so, so, so let me ask you, let me ask you this, you know, without diving into too much detail, because obviously we don't want sure. you to give out your secrets at the same time. Right. So <laughs> no, I, I'll share it. I mean, I'll share, I'll be happy to share there. No, there's I, a I, lot I, of uh, business to go around and I, you know, so. <laughs> no, 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 but the things that do, I mean, obviously you, you know what you're doing in a sense, you're very passionate about it, obviously from what the way you're talking, but let me ask you this though. If you were to tell, you know, a new brand or whatever it is, you know, Three things to focus on in terms of, for, for, from my SEO standpoint, what would that be though? Like if you were to tell them, like right off the back, a brand new brand just came in tomorrow. Hey, listen, I want to be able to get leads. What would you tell them? So SEO or just yeah. digital marketing as a whole? Digital SEO first, and then you can picture, and then you can take a step back as a whole. Okay. So first things first, um, the biggest thing. Well, other than getting a website, you want to make sure that you're, you know, credible and you have your website, you have your social media profiles because credibility is king. You know, you want to make sure that that's the first line of defense of like your reputation. You know, people don't see your brick and mortar building. They see your website and they see your social media channels and and whatever. And so... That's number one. Um, once you have the website, I don't count that as like number one. The, yeah. That's just an essential thing that, that you need. That's like, you that's know? like, the, that's like the prerequisites. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just get a website, make it sexy. I don't care. You know, a yeah. lot of people spend, you know, five, 10 grand getting a website. Um, you know, the thing is, make sure that you can customize it yourself or find a developer that you trust. Um, I don't care if you spend $1,000, $500 for a website. You know, even if it's on like Wix, if you can customize it, I don't recommend Wix. I definitely recommend WordPress, um, but <laughs> it's a little bit, it's a little bit harder because it's, it's a lot, um, yeah. you know, it's a little harder to customize yourself, but it's a lot better for so, SEO So besides the website, So yeah, so besides website, so number one, you want to make sure that you get a Google My Business page yep. and you want to optimize that page as much as possible. So whether that you are a local business or not, you want to make sure that you can rank 
in your backyard. And so that's the easiest thing to do. Is because, uh, local, like so, local wise. I, I, well, I, you can even have, let's say, you know, you're a national brand, like yeah. um, my energy company, for example, you know, you can have one headquarter business and even though, and then you can set up a Google My Business listing in every major metropolitan city. All nice. you need is just access to a zip code or, you know, and, or not a zip code, but a mailing address. And then they're going to mail out a postcard just so you can verify code, that yeah. someone lives yeah. there. So the reason why I say this is important is because Google, if you look on a, on a search, like just you do a, a Google search for pretty much any service-based business lately, or um, you're going to usually see three or four ads at the very top on a desktop computer, which are Google ads. Um, if you're on a mobile phone, you're going to usually see two ads at the top. Yep. And then right below that, but right above the local or the organic SEO, um, right above that and below the ads, you're going to usually see the map listings, which is a Google My Business listing. And you can, you'll sometimes notice, you'll see someone that has like zero reviews and they're ranking, you know, in a, in a huge metropolitan area for, you know, various services. And so a lot of people don't realize that, you know, if you're actually consistently filling that out, adding relevant pictures to that, adding a good quality description of at least like 700 to 750 or characters. Or you're going to post the Google post as well, right? You can do Google exactly. Post. And so that's what, that's what I was going to get to is, and I tell this to clients all the time is like people, and I wouldn't say Instagram and Facebook are you know, a waste of time at all posting, yeah. but people aren't on that to purchase or make decisions. People are on there for, you know, to look at cat videos and, follow their sports teams you know and so with google they failed with the google plus they failed with there's a few other social media platforms that they've tried they want engagement you know you have to look at it in google's mind of they want engagement and so how can they award engagement is allowing or basically incentivizing advertisers or businesses to engage with their customers. And so by posting on Google My Business, you will get more business doing that than posting on Facebook and Instagram combined, if you do it properly, if you do it consistently. And the funny thing is too, you can do like the one-up app, um, oneupapp.io. It allows you to post to GMB, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter all at one time. And so, so that's cool. So a lot of people don't realize that. And so once you have that Google My Business listing, then you want to, you know, make sure that um, you have um, backlinks too. And so the backlinks are important. The easiest way to get backlinks. So Google My Business is like what is a, a what is a backlink for people who don't know. Yeah, no, no, yeah. So yeah, so backlinks are going to be basically. Links from on, on uh, links on the website and on, on other websites that link back to your website. So it's basically credibility builders, and and that allows you to. Everyone has like a domain authority or a yeah. page authority of you know how Google views you in terms of the value that you bring to the internet or in your space. So like and example, so can, can I put an example? So you're saying that let's say that Medium is a is a blog website, right? 
if uh, someone mm-hmm. writes a blog about you and then tags your brand into the name, like a backlink to a product in your in your brand, that's a backlink, right? Correct, correct. So yeah, mm-hmm. so if, if it links back to your website yep. from another website, that's a backlink. And so there's so inbound stopping? links and outbound links. Okay, so so when you say so that's inbound link, right? What's the outbound link then? The outbound link is having a link to um, either another page or landing page on your website. So like if it goes to a different page or if, or else if it goes to another, let's say like a Yahoo finance article gotcha. or like a, another article, that would be an, um, an outbound link. So, so, so what's stopping people from creating a bunch of blogs to advertise their own and then link, brand? link between them. <laughs> yeah, between yeah, them yeah. yeah. I'm just wondering. <laughs> So, so yeah, I mean, you got to look at, you know, Google has thousands and thousands of employees and they want to make sure that their users are having a really good experience and their employees, you know, like they have a lot more time and their developers have (laughs) a lot more time and their algorithms are so extensive that, and they are always changing. They're changing literally every month or two with new updates. And so they're smarter than you think you are. If you think you're going to, you know, cheat the system, you are going to, you're in a world of hurt. So like, don't ever, you know, use like, like uh, websites like uh, Fiverr or like, um, like any of those like sites to, you know, try to buy like link farms and like buying links or, um, you know, really, you got to realize like Google just wants users to have a good experience. And so, you know, sometimes you keyword stuff or you hide um, like keywords, you know, in the background of like a, a blank white text. So like the users can't see it, but Google can index it. You know, that's shady. Anything that you think is shady, Google is not going to like it <laughs> and you're going to blacklist you. Yeah. So, okay. So, so let me, so let me ask you this, right? So your personal experience, based on your experience right now, you still feel passionate about, I guess, well, not, not still feel passionate. Obviously, you are because obviously you haven't quit yet. So, but more like like in terms of personal reward, right? I guess this personal satisfaction, you know, obviously helping clients out, creating win-win situation partnership. Is this what you were expected when you started this, or did it surpass your expectation? Yeah. So, so when I started, and the reason why I wanted to get into digital marketing is I wanted to work anywhere in the world with a computer and not have a boss and be able to make my own schedule. And, and I literally, you know, I work a lot, but like I tell you, I've taken the last two Fridays off, just, you know, I went golfing and then I went on another a bachelor party the weekend before too. But you know, I work sometimes till midnight, one in the morning, you know, building campaigns because I love it. But being able to have my laptop and work anywhere, you know, it's just, it's really nice. It's, it's what I expected. I didn't think I would grow as big as I, I have where, you know, I've, I have this many um, clients and employees and, but um, I love it. I, I will be in digital marketing for a long time. I've, you know, I've had um, people ask me to sell it and like, I've had those conversations. I was going to say, you know, what's your exit plan? What, what is your exit plan? You know, or do you have one yet? Oh yeah. I, I haven't know, even thought the, about it yet. The thing is, so with digital marketing agencies, it's tough because a lot of them don't give you the valuations that really deserve. They don't like typically like if it's a software company, they'll give you like eight X sometimes of yeah. uh, you know, yearly revenue. Like with most digital marketing agencies, unless they're like fully automated and you have some sort of a software or some, something relating to 
like a unique proposition. Or like you're only contract, getting about right? three like, X. Like, like, like if, what happens if you lock the contract down with some clients for like two years or something like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I personally have never had to, and I don't like yeah. that. I think people, agencies that like hold clients, like hostage and basically hold their uh, website and their, shady. their mm-hmm. I think it's shady. Yeah. So I just haven't. Like I said, going back to that, you know, if you're not making money advertising with me, like you're going to get pissed off. You're going to leave a bad review. I don't want that. You don't want yeah. that. So I'm not ever going to hold anyone to a contract. So, that's so like value. I was saying, so, that's your value though. so it's about, so like we've at that old agency that I was mentioning, um, that was ranking, you know, we had, we were, they brought us to the table and they were basically, you know, gave us like a four or five X valuation to start. And then they're like, okay, well, you know, we're going to have, because, you know, we're going to have to hire basically new account managers if we're going to, you know, buy you guys out unless, you know, are you going to work for us on behalf of this new company for like a year? And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, so they're only giving us two and a half to three X, like screw that. Like, you know, it's not worth it. Let's just, you know, keep this going. And I, make money. I mean, and I, wouldn't, <laughs> I didn't want to sell in the first place too, but um, yeah. So, yeah, but, it's, wanna... but it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Cause like, if like in your business, right? Uh, it, like you were saying how like if it's automated or if there's some sort of, um, I don't know, uh, if they if you have some competitive advantage, then it's like a a bigger valuation. But literally in your your situation, sure. like it's, it's good. If you take you away, like that business isn't as profitable anymore. So that's why they have. That's to exactly it. And, and and that's exactly it. And so you know it's hard because it's like it's not like my wife's business where you know, she, she, the, like, she doesn't, like, she lists something online, and, you know, it's gone, and it sells itself, or she doesn't really need that human interaction as often, and, like, she can easily kind of duplicate herself a little bit more than me, where it's, like, I'm managing, you know, not only four employees, or or six employees now, um, but, um, you know, all these clients, and it's a lot harder to substitute someone in for me and or like my other partner and well, so you're that's the, why you're yeah like you mentioned yeah then the thing you're the brain that's what it sounds like to be honest with you like so, the face, so that's though. why the, the face the, the, the face the brain also the sell you bring the new sales as well and yeah and like that's what i mean imagine like if you're a, a client working with me for four or five years and then you know we're talking every month and then all of a sudden you know i just decide oh i'm gonna sell my company Mm-hmm. are you going to necessarily want to work with this new agency who knows, you know? And so like, that's, you know, it's not on me, but it's like, that's why it's hard to put valuations on of these course. types of agencies. And that's why we're trying to focus more on um, with like this other model uh, where it's more paper consultation type of a, a payment strategy. So that's, if you look at my advertising for surgeon site, you can see that method if you uh, look into that. So now, you know, mentioning, you know, m- mentioning that, you know, your business right now, the way you are, you're probably happy. You, you know, myself, you probably just did it to, to test the water. So, <clears throat> so let me ask you this now, you, obviously, you know, you're doing a good job because based on customer experience and, and the satisfaction that they're receiving, right? In terms of like, have you, have you thought about that? What's the next three to five year plan on how to expand that you see, or you know, I guess just, you're just going with it. So yeah, so we're we're getting into, I mean, like I said, so we can create websites and all unique content with like 15, 20 pages of content within 
two weeks now. We're like, we're so efficient with the, our team that we have and with Jason being the content writer. And the thing is too, it's like, he has a lot of unique strategies. So like, here's a few, um, this is some really good nuggets that if you want to like think outside the box for SEO. Um, so one strategy is you can create a scholarship page on your website. And so you can submit anyway. And like I mentioned, you want to link your website to other high authority type of websites that basically like if, if it's like a, a .gov or a .edu site, like Google puts huge emphasis and authority on those websites for credibility purposes. And so if you have a scholarship page, you can basically say, hey, you know, write a thousand word essay on how so like clean energy is important for the world. And that's like, for example, for my energy client. Yeah. And then, so not only are you getting, you know, 50 or a hundred different submissions from all of these students of like free content, because it's all unique content that you can use and repurpose for your own blog. But on top of that, you're getting all those .edu backlinks from being able to go and and um, submit your your scholarship to all of these databases of of different universities and colleges, and so wow. anytime they put put your link to your scholarship page on their website, you're getting a .edu backlink. And mm. so he's been doing this for about four or five years now, when he has a database of all of these different universities that he can basically get the scholarship page up and you know, you can have what, maybe you have like a thousand or even like 500 or $750, you know, every semester, you know, but you're getting all of those .edu links. It's, I mean, the most efficient way to get very, very high authority backlinks. That's one creative way. Um, another creative way is you really, you know, you want to build authority on like the medium.com and a lot of these other um like blog type of stuff yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and so so that's a good way to get um web 2.0 like backlinks and things like that and so yeah and so just you know really thinking outside the box and um and so just getting back to your story though your, your question sorry i kind of <laughs> i've been all over the place here with this but um so my three to five year plan and you know obviously i'm I'm always expanding and, and, um, and really, you know, getting creative and spending my time more wisely on more logical business ideas. And since the agency is really running itself right now and we're, yeah. you know, very efficient, um, you know, I went to the, the Bitcoin conference with you back, yeah. you know, about a week or two ago. And, um, and I wanted to, you know, take everything in as much as possible. And so it's I had a friend. It's a, lot, it's a lot of information, man. So much information. It was. I had a friend recently that, you know, he he reached out. He's like, yeah, I have this uh, this crypto um, business that I'm I'm starting with. It's very very knowledgeable and and uh, high up, you know, guy that, um, you know, so. Essentially, he asked me, he's like, you know, if you want to help me advertise this, I'll, I'll give you some uh, profit share. And so I was like, I'm interested. But, you know, from my knowledge, two or three years ago, you know, Google and Facebook wouldn't even allow any 
cryptocurrency advertising. And that has don't. changed they recently. They, they still don't, though. I thought, I thought, I thought yeah, there's, 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 there's a well, lot of ways. There's, there's certain, ones. There. certain ones, yeah. Certain ones. So you can't advertise like ICOs or NFTs, I don't think. And you can't advertise like. Correct. Um, it, you can advertise like exchanges and other. Or the service to the brand. That's a thin line. Yeah, that's very thin line. They, correct, I, correct. Yeah. So, yeah, and so, so that's why you have to be really creative. And so I was like, okay, like, you know, I went to this, this Bitcoin conference and I'm like, let me talk with every single vendor there is there. And I was hoping there was a digital marketing agency there just because I was like, I wanted to pick their brain. Because it kind of like I said, I was like, hey, you know, let me just see what you're doing. You know, there's, there's so much business out there that I'm not, I don't believe there's any competition or competitors really because it's so just far. all about, you know, giving, well, no, no, I'm just saying in general of like, oh. I wouldn't even mind if someone else created another, you know, digital marketing agency focusing on surgeons, you know, so be it. There's so much business to go around and there's all, it's all about trust and credibility that, you know, it's just finding out those relationships that there's so much to go around that compares. Yeah. Plus but anyway, plus so first to market, I didn't find so then you can just buy them out later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that works too. Hey, that's that's like that's a good strategy as You're well. Like, yeah, build up your businesses, and then we'll take you over. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. But but I mean, if I think you can't Jeremy, beat them, join them, right? But I think I think Jeremy, I think to your to your point though, I think you you mentioned that correctly because if you know you're good, you're not worried about a competitor. You worry about yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And especially and in a space yeah. like cryptocurrency where it's so new. Yeah. It's, it's well, it's, yeah. So and like. I speak actually every semester at the University of Miami for the um, on, uh, marketing for entrepreneurs. Um, nice. I keep getting invited to that. And so that's why I love it because it's like, you know, those are kids that are hungry out of marketing that, you know, I, sure, some of them may be competitors one day, but, you know, that's, I'm all about educating and teaching people. I, I wish I was, you know, on these podcasts more and, and yeah. um, lectures more. And I think I learn better. Um, and I, I learned from these as well. And I love, you know, I want to get better at public speaking as well. Well, you're paying um, it but, forward. I mean, also you're paying it forward, which is nice though, to be honest with you. So. Mm -hmm. Right. So I could, and I haven't fully committed to this yet, but I definitely could see myself running in the next three to five years, another cryptocurrency focused digital marketing agency and go. possibly tokenizing some sort of uh, <laughs> advertising. <laughs> so I, 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 I could see that. So I didn't see any uh, competitors hey Robert, there. And uh, like, Robert, I don't think you heard about AdHive. <laughs> oh, that's true. Actually, that was one of my ICOs. I, I, know, I, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. <laughs> the, the thing is, is I, I thought it was like a great, great concept to it because, you know, a lot of these, these uh, huge media conglomerates you know like there is there needs to be something that's just like you know decentralized and that just there's only four I think there's companies. a lot of opportunity you, you know technically there's only four media companies that controls all the news you know right it's like four yeah handful. something like that something like and something they're crazy. all controlled by the same basically group of people and yeah. so that's what i'm saying like <laughs> you know if we had something like just uh I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I have my God. skills on the marketing side. Well, especially like, I don't want to be restricted on advertising certain, you know, ICOs or, or any, you know, walking out that line on Facebook and, and Google, because, you know, they're very, very picky and they can turn your ads off 
for no reason and they can in a bang second, you easily yeah. and they can oh my yeah. god it's like and they they can blacklist your site yeah. if you do anything you know if you shadow, say, shadow like, ban you without knowing without you knowing <laughs> for all oh, this this is a it's a true story so like yeah. i have um back about a year or two ago um google just they someone got i don't know what exactly happened but i think there was some surgery that went wrong based on like stem cells and PRP therapy. And so Google decided that they're like, I don't want to get involved with this at all. So I don't care if you're advertising PRP or stem cell therapy or at all, but even if you have one instance of that on your website, they will shut down your entire a Google Ad, Ads account, really? Wow. As well wow. as your rankings will start going down organically as well. So wait, so how, a lot of my did Google give you a warning though? They did that or no? No, they didn't at all. They didn't, and so all of a sudden they it just says these ads have all been disapproved to due to speculative and experimental advertising is what was the the reason behind it. And I was like, what? And I looked into the policy, and they're like, yeah, we don't allow any websites to even mention PRP or stem cell therapy or anything like that and so the crazy crazy thing is it's like they didn't tell you where it was and a lot of the clients have like three thousand or five thousand different landing pages and all these blogs (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so it's like you had to literally control f and through everything and (laughs) so it took like weeks to eliminate that so like i said it's like you know it sucks because it's like they can literally change the rules they're the big elephant in the room and so it's like you have to play by their rules so did you did you did you end up getting that account back or no? Because I know customer service sometimes sucks. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, no, he, I have. You know and some people at Google, too. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, I still have my connections. <laughs> I, I, and I have right. my, like, agency support, my which my, like, the client, like, that I will, used to be, like, as my uh, my role at Google. So I, like, still have the, the agency support. And so yeah. that helps. So they can kind of pinpoint, oh, you, you know, these are the URLs or landing pages that still have this issue. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, things always change. And when you have like so many clients, it's like, it's hard to keep yeah, up true. with everything. And, and, and the policy and, changes and all the time too. The policy changes are so consistent. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy, you know? All right. So yeah. we're going to, we're going to pivot a little bit right now. We're going to take a little break. We're going to do the extra MSG funny session where we're going to share the little link of story. That's funny. That we found funny throughout the past week or two. Um, so I'm going to start first because mine is very, uh, kind of interesting because so it's a Reddit post of the of of a picture pretty much it's a Reddit post of a picture and the reason why I'm bringing this up because I saw the I saw something like this similarly today at uh, at the gym that went to at UFIT it was just funny though so I'm gonna share this with um with y'all so I'll take a look at this and pretty much it's a Reddit post and it's a, it's, it's at a bathroom wall and. What's happening is pretty much, you know, there's a picture of, of another dude <laughs> and, wow. and, it's, and it's saying, hey, bro, nice dick. <laughs> like right in front of the urinal. It's right in front of the urinal, yeah. <laughs> so I, I saw something like this similar today in UFIT and it says, it just says, hey, man, nice junk. <laughs> I'm, like, wow. I'm, like, I'm like, you fit in now, take this down? I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, it's complimentary. It's not like, it's not something negative, right? That's true, but it's just funny. Because I, when I saw this post, I'm like... The first comment, was this in the men's bathroom or the women's? 
<laughs> that's, true. that's true. You can't tell though it's in the urinal or not though. See, it could be your. It could be a stall. Yeah, a toilet. It could, it could be a stall. Be or toilet. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it was an employee. Do you think it was an employee or just someone randomly put it there? I think it was. I don't know. Random. It's, it's probably someone random for sure though. But it's just so, funny. Because- yeah, it's just funny because the reason why I'm saying that, I'm like, I saw this randomly and read I'm like, oh my God, I got to post this again. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That reminds me of a, of a story. I uh, actually got fired from a job <laughs> for <laughs> a very, very similar story. So I thought it was funny at the time. Uh, my boss didn't think it was too funny, but it was April Fool's Day. And I was working at this like fun, like, college um, apartment complex mm-hmm. and so we always had like the biggest parties and like the hottest girls that worked at so the I was like, uh, I reception <laughs> and, and I was like and I loved it and like you know and so I was like oh it's April Fool's like let me let me mess with these people and I was like so I I printed up like you know 15 of these like flyers and I said free Kama Sutra class at 6 p.m. and I had at the pool and I put it all over the complex <laughs> and, and, like, and I didn't say it like I didn't mention it, and no one was like coming up to me like is this real like or like and they kept asking you know like the staff and everything like oh is this like where's this class and then people actually showed up for it and then I told like one of the other employees like the next day like Oh yeah, that was me. So like, just as like, and like, oh, it's like a joke. Like, oh, April, April Fools is over. Like, I'll, you know, whatever. Like, I'll take them down. You know, I can't believe it, but she ended up firing me, the main boss lady. So, for, so what, 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 what was her, I guess, legitimate reason for that though? Did, did she say it was very offensive? Basically, saying that it was inappropriate and that like we don't condone <laughs> sexual <laughs> lessons and that Damn. I don't know. She was a prude. She was a bitch. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So wow. that's it. That's that's the funny thing, huh? <laughs> yeah. So it sucks, but no, it's still fun partying there. It was... <laughs> nice. That's yeah. <laughs> All right. So Robert, what's your funny thing? So my funny thing, I it's just like a. I don't think I have. I don't have like a link or anything. Uh, actually, maybe I have like the IMDb. But I was watching this show this weekend. Um, do you guys watch uh, Top Gear? Did you guys watch that show, Top Gear? What is that? It's a uh, a little bit, yeah. It's a it's a British show about cars and like these three guys. They just talk about supercars and uh, and then they do like challenges and stuff. They're really funny and yep. it's uh it's just like British humor. So uh they recently so they got one of the like so the show ha- like the end of the show was the three guys like one of the guys punched one of the producers and then <laughs> got fired and then the other two kind of just walked off with him and then they both. They all they all got a show on Amazon, so they signed a deal with Amazon and they put out a new a new show, and then now they've ended that show and they're doing more of their own thing. But one of the guys, uh, his name is Jeremy Clarkson. He's like a older white British guy, uh, and all and his thing about on the show was he wants power, like everything's like more power, like right? <laughs> of course. So. What what happened was he he bought a farm, a hundred acre farm, uh in in uh I guess it's in Britain somewhere, but his his guy who's taking care of the farm is retiring and now he's learned he's like, I can do this myself. Like do the farming myself. <laughs> so now he has a show of him learning how to farm, like on oh his God. on his hundred acres of land. It's 
hilarious. Uh, you guys have to watch the show. I'll send a link. Uh, a link to the IMDb. <laughs> that was funny. It's, it's so. You should funny. just put like a a racetrack or something around that and just. So, that so wait, is this farm? Is this farming in, in England? He's yeah, his his place is in England, and he's got a big, like, huge hundred hundred acres. Like he he like the beginning of the show, he's like, all right, so my land goes all the way down until you can't see anymore, and then it goes <laughs> all the way over here until you pass where you can see, and then behind me as far as you can see. It's and called Clarkson's <laughs> farm. Okay, nice. Yeah, Clarkson's farm. So the first episode is him. He's like, I have to find a tractor because he doesn't have anything. Like he, he literally has nothing. So he's like, I have to find a tractor. So he went to like the local tractor place and they had all these things that were like, oh, this one is, this one has like 60 horsepower. This one's 70 horsepower. And like, and so he has like, more power. <laughs> he's like, this, like, okay, let me do a test drive. And it was so slow. And it, he, <laughs> he comes in with like a huge, like, it was probably three times as big as any other tractor on the on in that lot, and it was a Lamborghini, uh, tractor. <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, this is it. This is the this is my tractor." And everybody's like, "It's too big. That's too big of a tractor." <laughs> That's crazy. That's so crazy. But it's a really funny show. I I I think no, I mean it looks like watch it. it looks like the popularity is going up a lot though. So you got you got good it's, reasons. It's fun. pretty new. It's pretty yeah. new. So that's right. uh that's overwhelming. I'm on the opposite spectrum where it's like I'm literally like I just got my yard um leveled, my backyard. And so in my front it's it's all pavers and like we got turf, like a putting green. Mm -hmm. In my backyard, I'm like, I don't even want to mow my lawn anymore. Like hundreds of acres sounds overwhelming as hell. Like I wanna be able to leave and, and, and come guy, back and this is a guy who can't do anything. He can't even fix his own car if he wanted to. Like, they've done challenges where he has to go fix your car. He has to find somebody to go fix his car. Like, he's, he's just like, he's not a guy that does stuff like that. He's just, but like, this is the show. I guess. Nice. Nice. <laughs> it's really funny. All right. So we're going to jump back into the topic, you know, for the last section of the, second of the show. So I want to talk about a little bit more about the evolution. You, what do you, I mean, Jeremy, give me your perspective of where do you see, um, I guess, the, the the SEO, the online digital marketing kind of pivot towards to as other technologies, you know, gets released, right? You know, especially let's focus on how does it impact the marketer or the or your client, the business, which the business, even the content creator, right? So mm -hmm. what do you think? Yeah, so con content is always king and it's always will be king is having unique content that is engaging and shareable and you know, I think with NFTs, I could really see um, content and images and websites even being transferred to NFTs um, soon, where people can really identify like the original origin of where that content came from. Because a lot of SEO, you know, you get the same content that's being spun and duplicated or you, the uh, same like images. Five, 10 times, 20 times, 30 times. Yeah. Ten, 10 times to 20 times. And so, you know, I could see, I don't know exactly how I'm not, you know, a developer or coder. So I don't know um, I, I can see the how that the would... royalty fees behind this. It's, it can be money. Yeah, well, fees. exactly. I mean, look at like Adobe, you know, stock Adobe or like, you know, deposit photos, a lot of those sites too. It's like, you know, I could see a lot of that, um, you know, royalties on that, but still having, you know, having the unique and original uh, artists and making sure that they're getting the credible uh, credibility for that. And so 
I think there might be a way where it's easily, you can easily scan like a website and pick up the code where if that specific graphic, for example, is being used on another website that it either won't properly display on that website or that you know the original creator would get a, some sort of a kickback or some sort of a royalty fee to have well, that on this other website it, it sounds like the first step is probably tracking it first right because you can you can probably attach like a you know like almost like a wallet like a transaction id in it which is unique into those images and then I, I, people can borrow that, but it will always have that back images. And then when you search for that transaction ID, it, you pull out who has all the, who has used your, your images. You can always track that easily, probably now. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. No, well, I, I, I mean, definitely I, see I mean, that just because, you know, it's, there's billions and billions of pages and online and, um, and images online. And so it's hard to really track down exactly, you know, where you're, work is being put out yes. there you yeah. know and so and so you know i, I think well, not, but not only that, i think though, that'll like, help to, to your point though jeremy i think that could also probably help secure because some people can be using misusing your images you know no I mean? that's what i'm saying yeah. yeah that's that's exactly what i'm saying is not misusing but also just like without your permission it's like you know i think having that unique original content especially like i have all the time my clients have before and after pictures that we see other competitors or Let's other websites it. that are using those before and after pictures and wow. stuff too and so now it's like i have to put those like watermarks on all these pictures it's such a pain in the ass you know it's so it's yeah. more work so that's what i could definitely see i mean if you look at i i was listening to uh serious satellite radio um on either BPM or chill. And a lot of these producers now are coming up with some sort of like NFTs specifically for music, right? Yeah. And, um, and like their songs. And so, so that, I mean, if they're doing it for, for songs, why aren't they doing it for websites and images and, and articles and blogs anymore too. And so I could definitely see that in the near future. Um, but Content is still king and it always will be is being able to, you know, establish that credibility. You know, you're never going to be able to rank or, or, you know, gain Google's trust by just having a five page website or just having, you know, like (laughs) just a thousand words of content is not going to rank anymore. You know, where it's like, you need not only like ideally for having a website to rank it, depending on, how competitive the market is. So let's say on a local level, you want to have at least minimum of 1500 to 2000 words of unique quality content, not just keyword, not just keyword stuffing and, you know, just writing just to write you and like adding fluff, you want to go in depth as much as you can on that specific topic. But not only that, you want to break it up between, and if you can add at least, you know, five images into there, just kind of split up the content and then adding your call to action. So being a marketing guy, you know, that's the most important thing. You want to have your, your H1 and your H, you know, headers and the call to actions prevalent because, you know, ultimately the goal is to get phone calls or, you know, to sell products in your website. Yeah. It's not to educate people necessarily, you know, you want to build their trust and credibility, but you want them to make a decision and make a purchase decision or, 
or hire you for some, for whatever reason. So, and then not only that, so images, uh, 1,500 to 2,000 words of content, as well as having a, a video or two, because you know Google really wants engagement. So time on website and site speed are very important as well. And so you know if your site loads slow, Google's not going to want to show you higher in the page. That's true. So that's huge as well. So so you can go to gtmetrics.com, G is in girl, T is in Tom, M-E-T-R-I-X.com. Or just type in Google page speed into a, a search query. And then you can just see, you know, how fast or what Google and these other search engines are valuing your website or like how they see your website in terms of like the site speed. And it'll also tell you what, how you can optimize it too. Like for example, you know, this energy client, they their site speed was loading at like fully loaded at like five or six seconds, which that's, that's really high. And they were losing three or four seconds just on basically outdated JavaScript. And so it's like, by just adding like updating that, you can make it much quicker, which is gonna help not only SEO, but pay-per-click as well. And then, um, so also, you know, just make sure that users are spending time on your site. And so there's bounce rate. So if people are getting on your website and not going to other pages of your website, and they're just leaving right away, you know, you're going to get lower rankings as well yeah. too. And so there's a lot of metrics that essentially you just want people to engage with your site, then to read your content, to watch your videos. And so you don't want to just put fluff on a page and just, just to put fluff. You want it organized night, like very, very nicely. I mean, you just look at it as, how would you like a page to be laid out for what you're looking for? And yeah. most likely Google is going to put that type of a layout and that page on the top of their search results. So, but I mean, I see, I see what you're saying though, in terms of, but now, so now you, you just talked about the evolution of content, right? You see, this, you see how they, that can get evolved, but now how about the experience for the marketer, right? You, for you perspective, how, how would that make your life easier? Or do you think that, how, how, what do you see that shifting can help you shift to make your life easier? Or, and even for the end consumer, right? Well, the thing is, though, it's like, you know, some of it's a little bit scary because like Google, a lot of their, what they're doing is trying to automate it to allow any advertiser or like basically like the uneducated advertiser to have the same, I guess, opportunity of success as an agency like me. And so, for example, they're really trying to push smart bidding strategies and broad match keywords and, and um, like they got rid of the average position ranking. So you don't know, you know, how much you need to bid for certain phrases. So what they're doing is they're trying to make it more automated and, but there's still ways that you need to be creative. And that's how, you know, help me get this Fortune 500 client is thinking outside the box and going after, like, for example, you know, some of the competitor, direct competitor keywords, or, you know, going after like specific, um, like the world of concrete has like a conference. So going after some of those keywords, like you can get cost of fish at like, you know, 50 cents to a dollar and trying to think outside the box um, because, you know, as Google and other, you know, Facebook, are trying to automate things. And with iOS uh, 14 update, you know, the targeting is 
makes it a lot more difficult to remarket and and um, identify that exact audience that you want to target. You know, you have to get creative. You have to think outside the box and figure out who I, your ideal target audience is and which websites are they looking on or what keywords are they specifically typing in? Because, you know, it's getting way, way too competitive with trying to compete against broad phrases such as like that's true plastic yeah. surgeon, for example, or energy company or, you know, like attorney, anything like that. And so if you really identify, you know, niche down to figure out who that ideal target audience is, that's the most important thing because, you know, you can spend millions and millions of dollars advertising for any business out there, but the most important thing is figuring out who your audience isn't and trimming out the fat. And so you can layer in the targeting and making sure that, you know, this, I'm talking about the ad side of things, not the, the SEO side of things yeah. much, but, um, but figuring out who your ideal audience is, is the most important thing because that way you can narrow it down to, you know, only targeting specific uh, locations, regions, only targeting average household incomes, certain keywords, and layering the targeting to find that exact audience who's going to be the most appropriate. Because that way, you know, it's it's not like a TV ad or a billboard where you just throw a bunch of darts against the wall. You just hope something sticks. With digital marketing, you know, social media like Facebook ads or Google ads, you can be as picky as you want to try to, you know, focus your business on those ideal clients. Yeah. So let me ask so, you this. So, so before, we, before we, with that in mind, right. So you meant, so you, so you mentioned in terms of that uh, specific, how do you see with that? You, you think you said that you was scarier, right? Because that could be help you that can make your job easier, or do you think it would be harder to get those data? For example, like, you see how Apple came out with this, you know, privacy thing, right? Not letting such a lot of the apps letting users to opt out on this data. So therefore, they may not collect collect as many data points now, right? So that's a part of right. the evolution we see. But then that we see the other side thing where TikTok has this this crazy analogy. They know what you're watching and they keep feeding you what you want to watch. Right, right, exactly. No, it's scary in terms of just like, you know, they are trying to. I guess automate things as easy as possible and try to, and almost cut the agencies out because, oh, you know, it's out. not necessarily. And so that's what I'm saying. It's like kind of just for job security purposes of, you know, are agencies even going to be around in five or 10 years? Most likely they are because people are lazy and, you know, people they, are super they, lazy. I'm talking right now. But why would they <laughs> want to cut out these, uh, these people? Um, just because they want it, the ease of use. And I think people get overwhelmed if they can't do it themselves. And so if you can, you know, have basically a, a set it and forget it type of a strategy where it's like, you know, you don't even have to provide keywords or you provide ads, they'll write the ads for you and they'll, you know, set up basically smart one, one stop shop, one stop shop that the deal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's basically like they say, Hey, how, what's your industry? How much do you want to spend? And then we'll yeah. group out all these these people together. And they're already kind of starting to do that. You yeah, know, I mean, I've noticed, so I've, I've worked with one of my largest clients for the last five years. Um, I haven't worked with them anymore just because it's, it's so um, 
saturated is health insurance. So I worked for uh, like with, you know, some um, health insurance call centers and the cost per click about four years ago was about two or $3 a click or cost per, per uh, lead was about 12 to $15 per lead. And the cost per sale is about $150. They were making for health insurance, new sign up. I think that's like, I hate health insurance, how shady it is because the middlemen, <laughs> the middlemen are literally making about two or three months of your like of, of monthly premiums. premiums. Yeah. So true. like if you're paying it's like true. $400 or $500 per month, the person that signed you up is probably making about 1000 to $1,500 oh. off of that. Jesus. And so when their cost for acquisition is $150 per new sign up, you know, they're making seven to 10 X or so, you know, just off, off of that. And so that was, and then it's gotten so competitive where I kept doing that and he kept, instead of $2 a click, it went to $5 a click. Then it went to $7 a click. Now it's $12 a click only because they got rid of the average position ranking. So, and there's more and more people advertising for the same keywords. And so since they got rid of average position, they, before you could figure out exactly where your keywords are in the search results and where they were showing up. And so like, for example, if you went after like individual health insurance plans, they would tell you your average position is 2.1, you're paying $3 and, and five cents. And so then you could kind of work with that and be like, okay, you know, if I bid $3 and 25 cents, where does that my average position go? And so you could figure uh, you out can, you can kind of and forecast like manually forecast a little bit and you could manually change your bid. Uh, and now they basically are punishing people that are manually bidding. And not only that, it's they're lumping everything together where they don't tell you how much you're paying. So even if you're in that first position so and you want to get more money. aggressive. Oh yeah, no, that's the thing. It's Google is in a business to make money. And so yeah. Let's say, you know, you were, you were in position one already, but you're bidding $7 and 50 cents for health, individual health insurance plan. Then all of a sudden, you know, you see it's a little bit more competitive that you're not always at the top of the page or, you know, but you, you, you really are your next competitor is willing to pay $8 a click, but then you don't know where you are on the average yeah. position. That's so sometimes you can see them higher. And then you're like, okay, let me raise it to eleven dollars a click, and then it just keeps getting a battle back and forth. Yeah, it That's removes so it removes a max on their on their on how much you're gonna spend. So yeah, I guess, so if you if think you, eleven dollars, because if you see that you can spend an extra dollar and you'll go and you'll and you'll hit the you hit the number one spot or whatever, then you'll spend it. But if you don't know, then you don't know how high. Then you just might you yeah, might exactly. overbid. Whereas over here, like where the old way, they you might know exactly how much to bid. Pretty much, they took away your efficiency. Right. That's what they did. They took away your yeah. efficiency. Well, that's so nuts, though. That's yeah. yeah they, the there's money, still though. other strategies. They well, exactly. Yeah, I mean, they they just wanted to be able to increase the average cost per clicks on pretty much every industry out there by automating the the bidding strategies for all users so yeah so they try they try to they try market hey this is good for everybody but it's not really you know <laughs> right and so so which especially for like very competitive industries so i don't work with attorneys you know that's why we're like 
my plastic surgeons, I say they got the lawyer money, but not the lawyer bullshit because no one wants to work with attorneys. <laughs> but it's, I mean, not only are they dicks usually, but like they, it's so ridiculously competitive. So like if a cost per click for like a plastic surgeon is like eight to $10 per click, you know, in more competitive regions. Yeah. Guess how much like a divorce attorney, like if you were to type in like divorce attorney, like near me or personal injury attorney, take a wild guess how much a click, not even like a phone call, but like a click would be. Probably, uh, I'll say probably 50 bucks. What's an average? Like, I don't even know where to even like. So average, I'd say for most, most industries I work with, I would say is five to seven dollars some of them are lower some of them are higher for personal injury attorneys in most metropolitan areas you're paying 250 to 400 dollars per click that's not even per phone call jesus that's per click that's for and so like for example if you you could easily spend four clicks in a day so that's a thousand dollars and if not one of those people ends up being you know like fully calls you or leaves a, leaves a form on your website, you know, you just wasted a thousand dollars. And so it's hard to justify for these, you know, surge or for these uh, attorneys that like, because like you get, they get like in a cock measuring contest where it's like, I've got a bigger budget. No, I got a bigger budget. And attorneys, uh, they always try to, they're so competitive that they've drove up the price per click so much, especially now that like, you don't know where you are, your average position is. And so it's hard because it's like, even if you have a $5,000 monthly budget, that sounds like a lot, but that's, you know, it could only be maybe like 20 clicks or 30 clicks. So how how does, I mean, I mean, to be honest honest with you, how would a small brand with limited budget just compete with that? Super hard. You can't. Well, I mean, that's if you're like an attorney, that's different, but like small brands, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I'm talking about in general, right? Let's so just, like, let's just, let's just take up, go, go to a different industry. Let's just say that you're brand new. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's say, okay. So like I, like I took on another client recently. They have a, um, it's like they do pergolas, for example. So okay. they, it's like a $3 or $4 per click. And so, you know, there's a lot of people that are typing in just pergolas. But what's a pergola? They, you know, <laughs> a pergola is like an awning, or like so, like if you have like a backyard, it's okay. like a shade awning. Okay, okay. And I so, <laughs> and so they focus more on like the the louvered roof, which basically like you have a remote, and then you can have it like open shade, or like closed shade, depending on the weather and stuff like that. And so they charge like five grand or so. Uh, Jeremy, like do, you, do you own one of those? Do you own one of your backyard? No, I don't. <laughs> you haven't seen my backyard. I haven't seen your backyard in a while. I, I know. I haven't even seen it when you leveled it out. I still haven't seen that yet. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, well, yeah. Good. We're yeah. putting the turf in next week, so it'll be nice. nice. There you go. Um, so anyway, so their cost per click is about three or four dollars. But like I mentioned, you know, finding the ideal keywords that are the most appropriate, like instead of just going after pergola, you know, you want to add as many negative keywords as well to block out any irrelevant phrases that may not be as, you know, may not lead to the ideal client. Well, it it also makes you waste money too also, right? So therefore you want to be searching. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. So you want to like avoid, you know, going after like 
Like for example, they don't offer any plastic pergolas or like wood pergolas. It's usually just like aluminum. Yeah. And so like adding those as, as negatives or like do it yourself, you add as a negative keyword or like um, pictures as like a negative or videos. And so by Wait, going so you after pay for like all the negatives as well as all the positives. No, no, no exactly. You though. don't pay. You you don't pay for any of the negatives at all. And so that's why mm. you want. So when I build a campaign, I usually you know, have like 1,500 to 3,000 negative keywords that I'll put into the shared library. So basically anytime anyone types in like worst or free or uh, Groupon or Amazon or Walmart or anything like that, That's you crazy. know, then we don't have to pay for a lot of those wasted clicks. And so you're trimming the fat and you're only, and so that's why you can compete with it being a small brand because doesn't matter. I always tell my clients, I don't care what budget you you want to start with. Just, I mean, I'm pretty picky with, I only work with clients with like usually like a $2,500 or $3,000 minimum budget. But, um, you know, I always tell them, I'm like, you know, I really don't care what you want to spend because we can scale it. You know, we will pr- we'll do proof of concept with, let's say a $2,000 or $3,000 budget. You yeah. know, once you're killing this and you're, you know, getting a five or 10 X ROI, you're going to be the one to say, Hey, let's turn this up. You know, let's scale this, you know, because if the thing is, it's like, you know, it's as efficient as a get where, you know, and that's why the, the second thing to getting back to this is making sure that you have diligent tracking and you're very, very meticulous and knowing exactly what your cost per acquisition is, your cost per conversion, your, you know, and knowing your, for every dollar that you spend, how many dollars are you getting back? You know, if you're not getting at least a three to one, three X ROI, you're doing something wrong. And so trim the fat more or B, find that ideal audience. So did you, so let me ask you this. So going back to the evolution question, do you see that being better for the marketer eventually evolve to be better or do you think it would get worse? In terms of like the automation side of things? Of automation, like- simplicity, perhaps, or maybe even accuracy, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, just because it's, it's simpler to set up a campaign, like I still run my search campaigns as well as smart campaigns for some of my larger clients. And I just compare an AB test back and forth. The smart campaigns are the ones that you like, basically you set it up, you can set it up within like three or four minutes and a search campaign, you know, it's a lot more elaborate of, uh, where you, a lot more, um, I guess, options to be able to like target and, um, you know, target different audience. But, you know, I see it as a double-edged sword where, you know, I think it makes it more difficult to, because the cost per clicks go up, yeah. but, you know, I still think there's going to be customizable ways to be more efficient and they still, they're not getting rid of remarketing. So oh, remarketing God. is the number one most important and most efficient way to to get customers is because like if someone knows who you are already you know and they visit your website yep doesn't matter what service or product that you have you know, if you keep reminding them that you exist they're going to eventually buy or be a customer you know so it's and usually i, I read a study saying depending on like how much your I guess like the, the price point of the service or products that you're selling are, but 
unless it's like a haircut or like an oil change, you know, most touch points you have to, um, people have to be familiar with your company at least seven to nine times before they make a buying decision. So, so they yeah. have to either visit your website or see your sign, watch a TV commercial or, you know, see a, a banner ad or an email, you know, about seven to nine times if it's like a, a major purchase. And so that's why remarketing is so important. And I don't think that's ever going to go away, but there's still different ways to be creative outside of the automation that Facebook and Google have tried to basically simplify. So, okay, so we're going to conclude this episode with one thing. So let me ask you this. If, what would your advice be to a new digital marketing uh, marketer who's coming up in a board, right? Should they run, not do it? Or do you want to give them a word of wisdom? Just wondering. What would no, I, I think I love it. I mean, I, I always tell, um, you know, friends are like people, you know, like I said, the my UM uh, students that I lectured to, I said, yeah. you know, it's the best industry ever because it's like, you know, there's so much business out there that, and it doesn't take a lot to start. So you can actually be Google certified. I'm glad I'm you know, ending with this too. Yeah. Um, you can be Google certified for free and all the information is publicly available where if you're actually interested in becoming a Google partner and having the credibility to, to get clients yourself, yeah. If you go to partners.google.com, so like partners, P A R T, we can see it behind you. Yeah, we can see it behind you. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Partners. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so partners.google.com. And then, so if you go and, and you can actually, they have all of the content on there. I would, and I'd say if you're diligent about learning, if you spend two hours a day, yeah. For, let's say, a month or so, you could most likely get certified pass. There's two tests that you have to pass. And, um, and then you can be certified and be a Google partner. And then you can add $150 uh, ad vouchers to any new account that you create. So um, it's, there's ways to play around with it. I'm happy to, I guess, be a mentor to anyone who's interested as well. To ad vouchers. What does that mean? So that's just free Google ads credit. Yeah. Credit, so basically discount, for yeah. every, so let's say if you spend $150, uh, if you have a new account, um, yeah. Google will match that up to uh, 150. So you essentially play with Google's money while you're starting your account out. So Ooh, if you spend 150, you get 150 free oh, interesting. Uh, with that too. And, um, and you can, you know, create, set up accounts yourself and, you know, manage it. You don't necessarily even have to run a, a budget. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree that, you know, anyone who's even remotely interested in starting an agency should, especially right now, there's so much business to go around and, and there's a lot, you know, there's a lot in terms of digital marketing, but focus on what you enjoy. So, I mean, you could even run a solely a social media agency where all you do is manage, you know, Facebook ads and Facebook pages and whether you have a content writer that you hire or you do it yourself. I mean, that's the easiest way where, you know, there's so much business to go around that, you know, I could even send you know, business right away if that's someone has a passion into that. Um, or else, you know, if you want to just have a solely like a web design agency, I have two friends that own just solely design agencies that they don't really focus on SEO or uh, the advertising side. 
Yeah. Uh, I think they're leaving money on the table, but you know, it's just really what your passion is. Um, there's so much business to go around right now. And, you know, even in a recession, people are still going to need to advertise. And those businesses that continue to advertise during a recession are the ones that are going to be around for the longest. And so if they can survive um, a recession, they can survive anything, right? So. Yeah, that's true. Right, right. No, and I'm excited now that the uh, you know pandemic is pretty much officially over. Now it's uh, it's nice to you know be able to go out and network too. And you know, there's a lot of people that are hungry and ready to you know get more aggressive. Where I've actually turned down quite a bit of business myself because it's like I don't want to overwhelm myself. I just have a new uh, eight month old son that you know trying to spend time with him and travel a little bit this summer and go to Europe and so. It's nice to be able to work wherever, not have a boss and just, you know, really help people grow. And it's, it's an industry that is going to have a, a need for many, many years to come, I think, even though, you know, Google and Bing and Facebook are trying to automate things a little bit more. I just think, you know, you have to kind of play with the cards that you're dealt and find creative ways to, you know, think outside the box. And do things that other advertisers and other agencies are not. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Google's never going away. Ads are never going to go away. Yeah, it's going to have them. But but you never know, though, right? You make they make it decentralized. You don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, who knows? And then, and then you just got to adapt. That's all. That's all you <laughs> there can we go. do. All right, so we're gonna. Maybe uh, I'm the new Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> he's, make, 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 he's making a claim right now. <laughs> so we're gonna end this episode with our famous rant. And um, pretty much, you you know, just vent out what do you want, you know, do something you want to get off your chest. If you have something, share it. So we're gonna kick it off with Jeremy. What do you have? You have anything you want to vent? So I'm a, I'm a pretty peaceful and chill guy, if you know me. Um, so I don't really get pissed off too easy. But um, you know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> Shock, <laughs> I'm just shotgun to me beers. Um, <laughs> no more of that no more of that no but i think you know lyft and uber are really kind of pissing me off lately and same with like the uh the uber eats too is just like why you know they the uh their prices have like really not only skyrocketed but like they are treating the drivers i you know i went on a voucher party trip the other day and uh -huh. um, and Cape Cod and then I went I took some Ubers um, in Orlando as well too and like and Lyft as well and like the prices have gone up you know over double what they're used to too and it's like yeah you know I think I don't know if cabs are gonna you know actually have to come back but like um, you know my friend was just mentioning in Vegas he mentioned that you know all the Ubers and Lyft you know they basically went on strike because like they cut their they're paid so much, you know, and they're, even though the rides have gone up in price, it says no one really wants to even drive Uber and Lyft anymore because they're like being greedy. And it's the same thing with like them advertising. I remember back in like, in the heat of the pandemic, you know, they were advertising and they actually like right at, yeah, it was during the Super Bowl. I think it was Uber Eats or one of those, they had like a, all these celebrities and they spent like probably $3 million in a commercial basically talking about how they are, you know, basically helping, people out. helping restaurants stay, yeah. stay open yeah. and things like that. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, dude, you spent $3 million and then you're taking 50% of, 
of what there were like 20, whatever. More than that, so the, number. the drivers, the drivers, the driver gets, I believe, only like a, a certain fee plus 10% of whatever the, the price is. That's it. They don't get that much for the drivers. They don't really, they really don't get that much for the Uber Eats. Well, yeah, I'm just saying like just for, you know, just a lot of the restaurants on um, that are on like those Uber Eats and stuff too, like they've, yeah. You know, it's not like they gave them a discount or anything like that. It's not like, you know, it's not like they said, okay, you know, well, you know, restaurants are struggling right now. Like this week or this month, you know, we're going to give, we're going to waive all of the fees to our, our restaurants. Yeah, they, they never did that. that. They never did that shit. Oh, they, that's how they make money, the 20% gap. You know what I mean? Not yeah. only that, they and probably they, added yeah, well, more. And they more. overcharge on every item on every restaurant. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't know. I mean, and then I just think now it's like with Uber and Lyft are like really just, it was a $240 ride uh, that I took. For, it was just like a normal Uber back from like Cape Cod to like 40 minutes away. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, I just, I, I didn't expect it, but it was like, you know, I, I took a, like, even like a, did you content that? 10 did minute you ride. It? Did you challenge that? No, no, no. I mean, because like Lyft was the same price too. How can you challenge? You know, it was like, I mean, you, you say, "Hey, this is like, what are you gonna do?" I mean, you took you, the you took the Uber. You could have canceled it. I needed yeah. to get so, there. I needed like, to, there's no, there's no contending flight. it. So, like, so here's, here's <laughs> the thing. I mean, I, I, I think they realize they don't realize that that their people is their asset. If guess what, if no one's driving, they're fucked. And I, I think I think yeah. a lot of the the there was like a. a there wasn't as many drivers during the pandemic. As, Correct, uh, because of unemployment. Man. The unemployment was people yeah. were making more money during doing unemployment. Un- yeah, people were making more, getting more money from unemployment yeah. uh, than than they would just like driving. So yeah. there was like, oh, there was, there wasn't as many drivers, so prices went up, yeah. and I don't think that they've come down at all. I don't know if they've even had like their drivers well, come back so- yet. So I, in Florida, especially because I've seen this in Florida a lot, where a lot of the, first of all, the Florida people were not getting paid that much already. So therefore, their unemployment was getting, they rather do unemployment than just work 40 hours Uber, dri- Uber driving, you know, for just for picking people at airports. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I struggled finding Ubers literally in Florida. And if I did find Ubers, like 50 bucks, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and the thing is that you're right. I think corporate did jack up the, uh, try to steal more money from the drivers and guess what if everybody fucking does a national strike just for one day it can show the impact on how how much they can hurt the business if no one driven for one day you can see the drop down of the, the revenue right is, the, is the price of yeah. uber still cheaper than a taxi though yes so well far. that's what so that's what not necessarily though like my friend he went to vegas he said like you can even get uber they were oh, like, Vegas is a bit story though. I, I think this is very, so I think this I think this is very per city though. I, I think most for most yeah, places. Yeah, true. So you said he had to take cabs everywhere because you know they were like a third of the price and like I don't know. So it's like weird how like it's transitioning back to cabs now. <laughs> well, well Vegas, cities. Vegas cabs is everywhere. You can just go to a hotel and they're always waiting for you right there. Yeah, right? there's a line. There's a, there's a line out there though. Where where try to do that in Florida? Good luck. Unless you're, you're unless you're in Disney, you're not gonna get to see a cab anywhere. That's true, but you yeah, can always call a cab sure. the same way. Yeah, but you could call it Uber. Again, it, it, it still takes thirty minutes though. Call yeah. cabs. But Uber doesn't like Uber's yeah. just long sometimes. Yeah, I guess. No, 
That's just complaining just to complain. No, I think you're I think you're right. I remember okay, so, so a little background. I used to drive for Uber when it started, right? I make I made bank in Gainesville. Let me tell you. I remember every football game I drove for, I I drove for two, three hours before and after football games, and I make six hundred dollars, something like that, something something stupid. And my and my my girlfriend at that time, she was bartending that night. She made half of that in four hours, right? And she was mad at me because of that, you know. And so, yeah, yeah. And, but and maybe so, you were overpaid at the beginning. Well, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so yeah, but so, no, because yeah. because because the, because there's so many surges, right? Back in the day, the surge was like times seven, times mm-hmm. eight, you know. And so, and keep this in mind, probably by the, at the beginning, Uber would just want to get popularity. So mm-hmm. to, to get more drivers and to get more riders, right? So the, or where there's more drivers, the, the better it is for everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. And so, well, you're, you're right. But I did that for like literally almost two years when I had the time and it was pretty much, and then not only that, I get expenses, everything, everything in my, in my car from literally from, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, you know, so it's nice. So I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, Mike, what's your rant? You have a rant today? My rant? Oh, man. All right. So... My rant's about a little bit about basketball. All right. Oh, basketball. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Who won the Nets game? Did the Nets win or no? Bucks. That's that's tonight. Yeah, I, I Nets did. versus Bucks. With... I think Bucks probably won it, but the Bucks won more more than the Nets. No, Nets won. Oh Harden. no way! Nets won. Did KD show up? Wait, did, did KD show up with fifty points? Uh, let's see. Who? Uh, yeah, he had forty nine points. And Ooh. a triple double probably. Oh my god. Harden only had Dude. five points. KD show oh wait, Harden play? I thought he was Harden five points, six rebounds, eight assists. But KD had forty nine points, seventeen rebounds, ten assists. He showed oh, up. He blew up. KD showed That's up. That's a huge triple double. Yeah, yeah, at the at the at halftime, at halftime, the Bucks were crushing them. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So KD no, that's where I out. stopped watching. It was they mm-hmm. were up by sixteen and a half. That's what I was like. <laughs> Yeah, it's surprised that they won. <laughs> a, all right, well, what's so your go, rant? Going back to my rant. Okay, so I don't like how the new schedule just came out for the NBA, and it's kind of like next year or for, for next year. Yeah, for next year. Yeah, it's not even a rant. It's just I'm just a complaint. Like, it looks start, like the schedule for next year during the playoffs this year. It's starting so yeah, early. Right? It's, it's starting. <laughs> it started so early though. Like I'm like, why is it starting so early for these games? You know, so so. Uh, What's the, what's the uh, what's the issue with the schedule? It's it's a little bit more compressed. Okay. Like there's a, 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 overall, a, so this apparently someone did analysis of this. Like it's supposed to be more compressed, so that a, a lot of players are gonna complain about it more. And it's starting a little bit early, so. Uh, so it's and, compressed and it's early. Yeah. And it's, so it'll end early. A little bit, not that much. And though. then next year they'll have more time to to be on vacation. So. I don't know, but but, but, but <laughs> my 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 complaint about it is that. I'm trying to see, I'm, but I mean, this is gonna, they're gonna probably gonna get rid of Summer League. And I like Summer League a lot, though. See. Oh, you watch Summer League? I, I have Summer never Dude, watched I, the Summer I, League. I, I, I love anything. watching Summer League. I used to, so when I was working in Vegas, I just show up at Summer League game for 10 bucks and watch uh, rookie and sophomore play. There are some of the games are pretty amazing. Yeah, I thought that was just huh. for, for scouts. I didn't think that was for fans. No, yeah, right. Like <laughs> no, no. League, I didn't think it's that was fans. fans at no, all. It's, like, it's, it's I'd rather fans. watch the WNBA. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm telling you right now, it's 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 not even that. It's just it's very uh, it's very competitive because everybody's trying to get get, get a spot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That makes you know? it's like G League like though. What, isn't it like it G League? Like it is G League. Do it you like G-League. do you go watch G League games? Not during regular season. 
Yeah, I I don't know. I just feel like it's just like it's like minor it's, leagues. That, it's also because I I play fantasy basketball, so I scout my people there for rookies and stuff. Okay, all and right. I see the so potential. you have you have yeah. uh, other other. I've never even thought about watching a summer league game. You and, have too uh, much time on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do you do during summer, man? I miss basketball. Basketball is like one of my favorite sports to watch. So, all right, know? yeah, that's true. There's not really good sports in summer. But yeah, anyway, that's my that's my mini rant. It's not really a rant, but whatever. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I didn't even know. I didn't. Even, I didn't even know the schedules were out. All right. Yeah. Like I yeah, and right? I don't even look at that. I don't. I don't ever look at the schedule. Like, like I never. Because the team sucks. The Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic sucks. But the heat. but no. But the the Warriors here are pretty good. So <laughs> or they weren't. They weren't. We'll see. I don't know. Well, Steph is well, still here. As long as well, Steph's so, here. And, and the reason why I care about the schedule is because in fantasy basketball, depending on the players to draft which team how many games they play per week. And so therefore I have a breakdown, especially during the playoff, you want to make sure that you maximize the number of games in your playoff weeks. Oh, okay, Mike. You say so, you say you're like you're like following the schedule to see yeah. how many games people play. Except so, yeah, when I AFS play fantasy basketball with you, you miss your deadline to like set your their lineup every week. Every not, single week. So playoff, I don't know. Play- not playoff time though. Not playoff time. All right, know? maybe they're maybe so, they're but because it does affect it does affect the players you draft though. Because yeah, you yeah, that's so, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah. So, all right. I don't know. My rant is because we have a, a advertiser on here today. Like, uh, I, I'm kind of I'm I. I was sick and tired of these like clickbaity ads that come on. Like, there's like, and all these like articles that are like, oh, ten things about the Orlando Magic to know. Number seven will surprise you. I hate that shit. That's just my rant. You know what's crazy too? It's like they're like I saw a meme about that. It's like, you know, you wonder how all these uh you know people get hacked and they think it's like some elaborate like hacker of like, you know, basically figuring out your like your passwords based on like quantum physics or like (laughs) it's just like it's so in depth. But it's really all of these like you know quizzes you know that people are answering like what's your your pet's name and like you know which <laughs> Pokemon do you like and like this is like they like kind of like compile all your your personal answers and <laughs> together and that's how they find your passwords. Oh it's my like, god! <laughs> all those, no, I mean a little bit of social engineer as well. Sometimes you know you never know, right? Yeah, so. it's true. That's why. <laughs> I hate like even going on Facebook anymore too. It's like it's just so crowded with all that crap and you know just like fake Ex- news and bullshit and yeah, that's hard. true. Except that Instagram ads are like the best ads I've ever seen in my life, and they're always they I click on them every time just because they're like so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's also my rant. You're my it's like, ideal. It's too good. You're my ideal target audience. It's like they're too good. <laughs> that's what it is. You can't help yourself but clicking my ad. Yeah, some of those are, they're very intriguing when you look at them. And yeah, I don't. Insta- uh, Instagram just knows <laughs> what I like. That's what it is. <laughs> well, they're doing a good job. Yeah, that, that's funny. You're, you're you're easily targeted. You're uh, you know. I, I actually believe bad, not. Uh, I believe it or not, TikTok's been targeting ads really well too. So, yeah, I, I can't, I can't, I can't complain about it. I, I clicked it one or two twice. You know, it made me curious. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, listen, Jeremy, thank you for hopping on and thank you for sharing your knowledge, man. And we went more in depth than expected, but obviously, you know, you 
at the end of the day, you know, you, you're, you're about giving back value, right? And so, and obviously, you know your stuff and we appreciate you hopping on for sharing, you know, and um, you like to plug anything in before we, we help out where people can find you. LinkedIn, you have a website. Yeah, so you can um, just message me on, um, you know, Facebook or I guess on, uh, on LinkedIn. Um, it's in the, I'll be in the, in the details below. Yep. yep. Um, or else shoot me an email, Jeremy, J E R E M Y at master adwords.com. Um, or else my cell, I'm happy to give that out to nine, five, two, three, nine, three, three, five, three, six. They're going to call you now, man. Wow. You're going to put you. your, you're going <laughs> to put your number <laughs> out into the, into the yeah. <laughs> wow. put it out in the world. Yeah. When this blows up and uh, <laughs> thousands of views, I, I might regret that. Yeah, you have to whatever. change your phone numbers soon. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. probably, it's probably a Google number that he has, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that <change>. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we appreciate you having you on, though. Um, so, yeah. For those... <laughs> go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, for those who are listening to us and uh, have a, a podcast or a Google podcast, anything like that, uh, please... You know, leave a review or uh, comment, you know, and um, if you want to share your idea, you know, your experience in digital marketing or you want to come on, even talk to the podcast, let us know, you know, so. Yeah, leave us some comments, leave us some, leave us some ratings, smash that like button if you're on YouTube yep. uh, and subscribe to our channel. And for anybody who wants to watch any of our other podcasts, they're all on our website, www.gfothoughts.com. Well, Jeremy, thanks for joining, tuning in and I appreciate everybody. For, thanks for listening. Until all next right. time. Thank you guys. Peace. See you guys. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gluten-Free Organic Thoughts Podcast. As always, we appreciate you. If you are watching us on YouTube, please don't forget to subscribe to our channel, like this episode, and leave us a comment. If you are listening to us, please leave us your honest review on your preferred podcast listening platform. And as always, you can find us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at GFOT Thoughts. Drop a comment and give us some feedback. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, see you then.